Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Celeste Barber, great, Janet Jackson, Nasty Boys, great song. You like to go to Kids Bop Kids, that's their Sammy Hagar I'd go to. I went to see the Doobie Brothers. I'd probably go again. Good old Whitney Cummings. Yeah. Train and Ario Speedwagon. There's so many more for way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long for just $25 each. Wow. That is a good, that's a good deal. You got to yep. visit livenation.com slash concertweek to buy now. What is it? Livenation.com slash concertweek to buy now. Ray Romano. Like my oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We just had Ray Romano. I like that. Ray. We just had Ray on. Ray is a good buddy of mine. We did the mm-hmm. uh, we did stand up together at the Mirage last Ray five years. Ray is a great stand up. Very I, you know. smooth, funny stand up. Hosted SNL, was it twice? Twice. Yeah. Uh, had some great sketches. Did in a there. classic sketch in there we won't give it away with tim meadows called well, i don't know the name of it they're sportscasters yep sports center crazy funny and we break all that down oh and we, we go through his kind of his we break travails. that down to like powder we break yep. it down so in the tiniest bits it's like sand yeah we break it down like this is how i went to the club and then we break that in half this is how i got dressed we, we break, break that, that in half fourths. these are the shoes that i bought the night so we keep <laughs> digressing eventually we got him back to a, he's just born <laughs> and his mother bringing it over the he's done ice age he's done movie. he just directed and co-wrote a movie that was very good no bullshit dane and i both saw it we both without knowing it mm-hmm. saw it and not comparing notes and on the podcast, I have to say, I thought it was a very interesting movie. It is a bit of a roller coaster. It's not just funny, but it's it's kind of a tearjerker in, in places. That was fun because I knew that we both love the film. So we kind of go over his career in SNL because I didn't want to come out with it. But at the end, I think he was excited and happy because we legitimately love the movie. Yeah. And say, it's a lot of stuff for parents. It, you know, it's not like a dark drama, but it's dramatic and it's funny at the same time. And the name of it is Somewhere in Queens. Somewhere in Queens. I was going to say Night at the Queens. <laughs> we turned into Siskel and Ebert. You know, movies to <laughs> am me. Am I Siskel or am I Ebert? <laughs> you're the guy that's. Ray Romano is also, um, yeah. especially when you look at his resume, especially humble and real. Yeah. Um, he didn't really get a break in show business till he's 36. He worked at a bank Arr. till he's 29. So his story is very interesting. And God, he's done a lot after everybody loves Met his Rain. wife at the bank. Met his wife at the bank. And, uh, you know, let's put it, eventually he made a deposit on her. Okay. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Dennis no. Miller will sometimes appear yeah. on the podcast. So Ray, here he is, Ray Romano. You, you know him, you love him, you know his voice, and uh, he was very, uh, very interesting. Have a nice listen, and remember, 10 and 2. <laughs> Pull over and finish. Don't go to work or don't go into the store. Pull over and finish the whole goddamn podcast. Yeah, and the commercials are really funny. We don't like here. pauses. <laughs> We're not yeah. the pause guys. There's no no 30-second going mm-hmm. forward, not with this podcast. Mm-hmm. Do that with the other guys. We don't play that shit. I wish you do a podcast called The Other Guys, kind of like the Will Ferrell movie. 
Anyway. We'll just remake that movie. We, okay. well, I think the camera went off 20 no, minutes they, ago. No, they're out of film. <laughs> film? Like, what are we? 1940. He's like, is there a spider, motherfucker? <gasps> Heather. Wow. Smash it and kill it to, to death. <laughs> there's no pre? There's no pre-interview? No way to prep. No. No way to prep. It's just being in the moment. Real. Can I... Can I bite a piece of bread while we do this? Yeah. Yeah? Is that is that disrespectful? No. Not not at all, especially because you've announced it. Now, <laughs> people listening all over yeah. the world, by the way, will be like, that's cool. He told us what was happening. He wasn't yeah. having some kind of jaw, jaw dysfunction. No, I, I can't write from my uh, eye doctor. I haven't had breakfast yet. It's all right. I, I, I usually eat all you want. I talked to Dana for the first 10 minutes anyway. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I discovered Spade, and Dennis Miller discovered, was it Chris Rock? Or who did he, or he also, Schneider. Did anyone discover you in, in a linchpinny kind of way back in the day? Some club owner, some big time comic. Hey, kid, you're going to make it. You may what do you not mean, have What one. do you mean, like, how did you discover those guys? Well, recommended them. Yeah, oh. that's, a, that's a strong word. Oh. Dennis, not discover, that's the wrong word, but Dennis <laughs> Miller, he saw Thabadu Thandler and told Lorne Michaels about him. Right. I believe, right? It's that kind of thing. Well, that's like networking. No, that's a big thing. I'll answer for no. you because Ray's eating. Ray was no. performing at probably the <laughs> cellar and he got. Yeah, but plucked. I'll tell you one thing. I'll tell you one thing. Before mm -hmm. I got to the cellar, I was, uh, I was at the improv. I was just a kind of a. Still, still a late night slash one, you know, maybe get on the regular show comic at the improv. And my buddy, John, you know, John Manfalotti, David, I do. Yeah. Guy. Yeah. He, he was a regular at the cellar. And on one Friday night, some guy, somebody canceled. They didn't have a guy, blah, blah, blah. They had a, and the, 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 the owner said, who can we get down here? And he said, there's a, there's a new, dude at the improv that's pretty good and they call he called the improv and he called me he said can you get down to the cellar in fucking 15 minutes you know and i said yeah and i raced down there i got there and and that then became the cellar became my club you know that was but but he's the one who got me in there i don't know if you count that you count that as anything yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna count it i'm gonna count i know there are people <laughs> disagree with me but yeah. so just for inside baseball so the the improv which Bud Friedman had, we have fifty fifth and brought forty fifth street, forty fourth, forty fourth and ninth, forty fourth and ninth, yeah. and the cellar was in the Out village, McDougal Street, yeah. So it's like a ten minute cab ride to well, Nirvana, Liam, comedy, maybe, at least maybe more, maybe more. Twenty minute cab ride to comedy Nirvana. That could be your book if Dan, you ever write a book. Dan, I have a, yes. I have a technical question for Ray because I I <laughs> I only I only met people at the improv. When I was staying out there, and they said this guy Gary Grant could get you some road gigs if you fly out there. So I do two weeks. I take a subway to, to Times Square, walk to the improv, sit there, and meet some comic like you or someone wasn't you, but someone that was established would drive me to like BF Packies yeah. in Jersey, and I would do yeah yeah twenty minutes, yeah. and I'd get you know sixty bucks. So in two weeks, I could clear five hundred dollars, which I did, and it was great. But the improv stage. It is it elevated at all in um, New York? It doesn't. It seems like it's in the little corner. Bit. 
little bit. Well, it was, yeah. I mean, that now it's an Italian restaurant, the improv. But but what do you mean? Is it elevated? Yeah, it was because a, a it looked little, like yeah. the one in L.A. was like you walk upstairs and you're like, you know, you oh, walk yeah, up three stairs your way. way. I I, yeah. I was scared of that improv. I got humiliated there once because I was doing the Mickey Rooney show. I was like 25. <laughs> <laughs> and I was going to do sets at the improv and I'm doing all my dancing around and singing and, and doing little funny moves and funny little voices. And I thought I was doing really well. And then a guy, old guy, probably 40, came up to me and go, I like you. You get laughs, kid. But they don't like you. And he pointed to like 15 comics hanging out on the other side of the club. What? They don't like you. They don't get you. <laughs> Wait, the New York improv? Yeah. That was the New York? New York improv. Yep. 1981. Um, oh, that was before. That was before me. But I do remember when I was coming up in there, I remember you coming in, Dana, and this is when you were on SNL. And you did, you, you, so you did a spot and you were, yeah, you were the big guest star. And I remember, you, I think John Lovitz was in the audience at the improv, was at the improv also. Mm -hmm. And so you, you on stage said, how do you guys like Lovitz? What do you think of John Lovitz? You were asking the audience <laughs> to see to get a reaction. Balderdash, fine. <laughs> now you have to fine. bring you have to bring me up to try to get a laugh. They like me better. I remember. Yeah, I was a young dude then. Thing and Ray, who who were the good guys when you were starting? Who was like on the slate there? J Jerry. No, at at the improv. No, Jerry was never there. Okay. I never. Our paths never crossed. Wow, uh, at the we. improv, at the mm -hmm. improv was uh, like Alan Havy yep. and uh, Ron Darian. Mm -hmm. I remember <laughs> yeah. Chappelle was just start starting. You know, um, Chris Rock was just kind of starting then. And then at the cellar, you know, I was more when I ran into like John Stewart and Louis C.K. Um, mm. But you know, the cellar's the club that I still go cellars, to. Now. Cellars, cellars. Didn't you shoot your? What was the name? Of your your it was Netflix special. Yeah. You started the set at the cellar, and then you walked to another club during the special. Well, was, uh, another that's, cellar. That's the annex of cellar, the cellar. Yeah, cellar. it's around the corner. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was called right here around the corner. Right here, yeah. It was yeah. called it was great. the jaunt, and it was just a quick jaunt across. Were you and, uh, yeah. were you quick to get kind of what you would call your voice and like the way you do stand up now, or was you, did you work with props and puppets and stuff and then get into your thing? Or was I, I, I had a couple props? You did. <laughs> God, when we dig down, Dana Everybody. had props. I had props. Yeah. I, had a, I had a you had a prop. Right? <laughs> what, what a puppet? I, ha no. I had no. I had a, I had a little duffel bag of. Uh, it was a it was bag. at the end of my act. It was at the end of my act, and I would do impressions i would do um the kid you always wanted to sit next to during a physics exam and it was nerdy hat nerdy glasses interesting um, and i would and i and i would turn around and do the old reveal <laughs> closer and, then, alert. and did he talk <laughs> nope nope he didn't talk <laughs> all just visual. Visual. okay all visual. it, it was like just it. visual he's all visuals. so it was the, uh, it was just a set a set for i think there were four things it was the the kid you wanted to sit next to during a physics exam. Boom. Um, it's a funny setup. That same kid's mother. I did his mother. Whoa. And what she looked and, like. And it was just wig with cat glasses. Same thing. You know, <laughs> okay. you know. So one after the other. Yeah. yeah and, mm -hmm. and then I, uh, I did with the wig and the glasses. I don't know if you guys remember. Uh, the Mets were... Uh, this was 86, so the Mets were in the World Series and the playoffs, and there was a woman who sat behind home plate 
who tried to distract the pitcher by doing this, rolling her hands around. <laughs> yeah. And she was prominent if if you watch the game. Sure, on camera. Like this. So with, so with the wig on and the glasses, I did that woman also. Oh, God, uh, what a tricky are laugh. Are these getting equal laughs? Are these just all killing? Uh, they, they're, doing, they're doing very well. Yeah. And then the closer not only was props, but it involved music. I um mm-hmm. I said the op now of course the counter the alter the counter to the nerdy guy was the cool guy who would come into class and it was just <laughs> it was sunglasses <laughs> sunglasses and half a cigarette and when I put my back to the audience There's a lot I of back my, to the audience so far I back to the, yeah when I put my and this would crush when I put my back to the audience. I would, they would play the theme to um, uh, Eye of the Tiger. And it would be. <laughs> and then it, on Dunt, yeah. I would turn around. And then on each Dunt, dun, my, dun, um, dun. I would move my head. So I had glasses and a cigarette. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> That's actually inspired. One, Go ahead. You know, the second one, yeah. Dun, 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 dun. And then, then when the dunce ended, he would, I would do with my lips. I had the half a cigarette. I would swallow the cigarette. Wow. Like that. <laughs> True swallow or fake swallow? No, no. I would just flip it with my yeah. lips into my mouth. And it, Damn. it just, it crushed. You're the <laughs> kind of awesome. guy I would hate to follow. Oh, my God. He walks oh. off and goes, follow that motherfucker. Wait a minute. I had one more. I had okay. one more. One more prop and one more impression. And it would be <laughs> a nuclear explosion. And I would take the rubber band uh, that, I don't know if you know this, in broccoli in the supermarket, the broccoli rubber bands, mm-hmm. they're fat. Yeah. You know, well, so I would get one of very those. Very well. And I would put it on my head, and you could feel it creeping up. So as it was creeping up my head, Hair. you know, the pressure of it, I, yeah. I would do the whistle of the uh, uh, nucleon. <laughs> and when I would time it, so... And it would it would snap up my hair into hair a mushroom stick up. cloud. Oh it would be like God. a little bit like a mushroom cloud. And, and very seldom did, did that not... Oh. Super kill. Well, that <laughs> damn. I mean, I know Dude, this sounds kind of crazy, search. but uh, it, I, are those bits still around for hire? I mean, I, or I got for a couple, sale. Couple nickels yeah. in my pocket. God I mean, damn. You know, Visual. There was, one, there was one day on on you know when I when I got the TV show. What and, you, know, ch- you got a TV show? What one was that? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I got yeah. everybody's <laughs> Raymond and Letterman. Uh, Letterman was our producer, you know. So I would do Letterman. At least twice a year, every year the show was on. So when I was running out of material and stuff, one of those spots about five or six years in, I, I recalled the, the, all those impressions sitting Throwback. next to Dave. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, you know, I just showed Dave, this is from the old days oh, and blah, blah, sure. blah, whatever. And they uh, crushed again. I'm not no, joking. That would have been good on Star Search because it's quick. It's fucking score. Yeah, and you get your last. You get four stars. You move on. I got um, one point five stars on Star. You search. did Star Search. I Star Search. I lost to uh, I lost to Geechee guy. Geechee guy, Joker Nade. Yeah. Mm. Did you mm-hmm. do it? Did any of you guys? Do I it? did. I didn't do it. But did you use those bits on Star Search? Because I can't no, imagine no, you losing. Oh no, no, okay. not at all. I did. I did. You know, ninety seconds of. 
of stand-up and not, mm-hmm. it, it didn't work. And, you know, you get a two, you know, it was one to four stars, right? Mm-hmm. So you get you get a two just for showing up, you know? And I got <laughs> I got three, two, 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 and the last person gave me a one. So it it, it averaged out to one point. <laughs> that's, the most set dis- a that's the most dismal uh, score i've ever heard of on stars <laughs> no i mean that's that's cruel how do you de- how <laughs> i ask people this how did you deal with uh stuff that didn't work well in your career like that thing like did you, you were you injured for a week mentally or you just went go they don't know um, what they're talking about no i would yeah uh, it was a blow it was a blow but the the story is actually has a happy ending hmm. uh, um, because my <laughs> wife was pregnant with my first kid, my daughter, and she was due about four weeks from from what that. So I fly out to L.A. to do Star Search, and you know if you win, you you come back, you you go the next week. Next so week, would, yeah. but but they film it like a couple of days later. So I would have had to stay and stay if I won. So I lost. And I told my ma- my manager we were going to stay for a couple of days. I go, let's just go home. And when I went home, uh, my wife's uh, water broke, and she delivered the baby the next day. So I was lucky yeah. to be. Yeah. Did you <laughs> kind of intuitively rate the baby at all with stars? You yeah. know, when you saw your kid. <laughs> Sorry. Well, you know what was funny? What was funny was they. She was born in the city. I like it. She was born. I was I like living it. in Queens, and she was born in the city. You know, and uh, so I was going back and forth. And one, the second night, I went to the cellar just to say hello to the guys. And I went down in the basement. And you know Mike Sweeney? Do you guys remember, mm-hmm. know, remember Mike Sweeney? Comic. Anyway, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mike, Mike Sweeney was there and he saw me and he goes, uh, Hey, congratulations, man. And I said, <laughs> I said, no, didn't you hear I lost? <laughs> I thought, he goes, the baby, you asshole. Show <laughs> business. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. Now, you're out there, you have acres and acres, hundreds of acres. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. No. Weed control, which you hate, fertilization, mm-hmm. aeration can't stand it among others they'll do all that so you can do literally anything else dana's out there like yellowstone you have better things to do in your free time i know you do you don't want to focus on lawn care true green is too good to be true Mm -hmm. is what i'm saying but it is true right david because you're gonna have more time to do things that you want to focus on all the hard work and it gets yeah. you to a great lawn. That's what you want. You take care of everything else you got to do in your life. You're very busy. Let True Green take care of this one thing. Get it off your plate. You know what? I do have some space. I want to put some grass down. Some I, I might. This, I'll, I'll, talk, I'll call you later, talk, True Green. Talk to True Green. <laughs> Where can listeners mm-hmm. purchase or learn more? You go to truegreen.com. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit truegreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price. With the best people, guaranteed. You can trust True Green to give you the best lawn because they are the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. Whoa. They offer a satisfaction guaranteed, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. That is such a cool thing. Good job, True Green. You're nailing it. 
Ray, I auditioned for Star Search at the mall in Arizona, and they go, big audition. I thought Ed McMahon would be there. He was not. But they just had like a cattle call. So I waited in line like a chump. I, and I wore a white sweatshirt that had a bat on it, like a Batman, not even a logo that said just day. And it was just an outline of a bat. And I thought that signified comedy somehow. I don't even know why, like Batman, like I'm cool. I don't know. <laughs> so I go up and I do my bit, you know, they're just running a camera and the guy's reading a magazine <laughs> and everyone just goes up and does like two minutes. And I thought literally when I even got to my second joke, it would be like a movie. He'd look up from the magazine and then on my third joke, he'd start to stand up. And then on the fourth <laughs> joke, he'd like hug me and say, we got him. And just like huh. shut the place down and say, you're going to Hollywood. Literally, no one looked up. I did my act. No one called me. I go. And even for like two years, I'm like, it takes a while because they got to get uh. the tapes and they got to review them. And so I never got on. God yeah. damn, I wanted that one bad. I did wanted- you, both of you guys had the Young Comedian special on HBO, which I, I don't know if it still exists, but that mm. was kind of a big deal. And I coincidentally you hosted. hosted yeah. Hosted I, Ray's? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I didn't yeah. know that. And I, rem- I just, my blink about you then was just the confidence. And I've gotten to know you a little more over, over time, but you came across so confident. And right as I was about to go out to introduce you, you said, uh, you said, uh, do re- reintroduce me as Regis. So I don't even do an impression of you. But inter- so I did Regis film and inter- uh, oh, introducing did, you. Did that. I say that? Yeah, That's you just said, do Regis. I want I want to be brought out to Regis. And you crushed. Do you remember who was on that one? Uh, Janine uh, Garofalo. Yeah. Um, help me out. <laughs> Kindler, Andy Kindler. Andy Kindler, Kindler who's hysterical yeah. comic. Um, yeah. Uh, Nick DiPaolo. Yes, another um, great guy. Bill Bellamy. Mm-hmm. Bill Bellamy, oh, wow. And, uh, and Judd mm. Apatow. Judd and Judd Apatow, Apatow. Yeah. yeah. Really? Judd was on that one? I didn't know Judd was yeah. on any of them. Judd was yeah. on that, yeah. yeah. And did that, that, a- did that help you? That's a, that's kind of a boost back then. There wasn't much going on, and HBO was a big deal. Yeah, I mean, I had, I think after that, I got my own half-hour special. Mm-hmm. They did those half-hour specials. Sure. So I got my 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 own special. Um, it was all good, but, um, you know, the thing then was to look to try to get a development, not to try to get a development deal, but that's what was happening. And, um, nobody was offering me anything. I had done all the, I had done all of those things, you know, the HBO, the young comedians. You start to get nervous because you go, I'm out of like tricks here. They, they've all seen me. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I thought. It was like about 11 years in and I thought, Mm. well. Um, no one's offering. And then it was, it wasn't until, you know, I got, I got news radio. I got, you know, hired on news radio and then fired on day two. (laughs) And yeah, so it was, it was right around that then where I was like wondering, I love doing stand up. If I'm, if it's not going to happen, it's not going to happen. But then Letterman, I got my first Letterman, and and Letterman made it happen. You know, it was it was Letterman or, or nobody. Huh. Were you fired or were you? It, yeah, when, I I, when I looked it up, it said you left there to go to your own sitcom, like the writers what? from there. Yeah, no. yeah, that's what it says on on Wikipedia. So we we're gonna have what? to challenge this that one. That looks Ray. good I've though never, for you. I, I've never seen that ever. Isn't that great? No, I've never. No, I was stone cold. Six o'clock in the morning, my manager called me at the hotel and said, they're going in another direction. 
What was that direction? That phrase. Who who played you? Who played you? Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So Um, in a parallel universe, you are hosting the world's biggest podcast right now. Yeah, yeah, we both we both made out all right, I guess, you know. You know, Um, Ray, uh, Dana, back then I would say going on the improv, I was just trying to kill, but with Ray, the more important thing was, which I couldn't really understand, they're just looking for a personality back then to write a sitcom about. Tim Allen had tool time. So like, this is his act. He's like a tough guy. Mm-hmm. And they could, they could see a show around that. I was just concerned about doing good and getting laughs. And then you have to look at the big picture. Like Ray, they see his whole persona up there and say, we could see him as this and do a whole show around that. And I think that's what happened. Right. Ray. Well, I mean, like I said, nobody was, was, was interested except for Letterman. I mean, I don't know what he saw. I was just like, I guess, the every guy, you know. Um, but I had a really good first Letterman spot. I mean, as hard as I am on myself, it was it was one of the better spots I've had on, ever on TV. That's and, so good. That's so. There's nothing like it. Yeah, and Burnett, Burnett, Rob Burnett, called me on the following Saturday. It was a weekend, and he called me, and. And he said, "Listen, we're they liked it. He, we're interested. Uh, don't don't sign with anybody else." And you know, I told him, "There's, there's nobody else." You know, <laughs> played uh, easy to get. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How old were you at that point? Give I was that. like thirty thirty six, maybe. Yeah. And and they sent me to L.A. You know, I had three kids then. I had three little kids. Mm. Uh, I had the twins and the and the three year old and um. And they sent me to LA and I interviewed with, I, I met with about 10 potential showrunners. And the first guy I wanted uh, turned it down. The first guy was well, a, a, a writer named Michael Borkow, who, who was writing on Friends at the time. And Friends was the hot, sexy sure. show. Sure. So I got all, I got all, you know, seduced by that. And he was cool. He was, you know, uh, he was single, though. He didn't have a family or anything. And I went, we offered it to him and, and he passed on it. Uh, and then Phil Rosenthal was my second choice. And, you know, if, if that doesn't happen, I don't know, you know, who knows? Yeah. Did you ever have a moment? Cause it's a, a, sort of a theme of the show of maybe trying for Saturday night live. Cause everything in hindsight, like when you, you're two hosting things, which we'll get to, I mean, you were yeah. great, like a great sketch player, you know, did you have any kind of designs about that? Because it's either the sitcom path in those days, mm-hmm. or pure stand-up, or I, SNL. I kind of, I kind of knew I wasn't a a, a really uh, pure sketch guy. You know, I didn't have voices and characters, and and and, and I didn't know. Uh, but but did I dream of being on SNL? Yes, I did. I did. Uh, um, you know, it, I was. Uh, 17 18 when it came out and we we stayed home and watched it every night every every week um but i i never thought i was going to be a sketch player and an audition i never asked my manager get me an audition for snl because i kind of knew i didn't have that that muscle in there you know um but well i, I, wanted, it, to, it, I wanted to be on it it's yeah. very hip i mean it's it's a cool road if you you blow up on the on the classic show everybody loves raymond and then they call and then you're gonna go yeah. host so your first thing is just hosting you, you skip that's it all quite right? a privilege you know 
Yeah, yeah. It was, I mean, it was probably, I think it was year two, maybe, of Everybody's Married. Might, might, it was 99. Mm-hmm. So, so three. It was year three, actually. Were you a um, hit out of the gate? On, S- on, on the Raymond? No, no. We were, in, we were on Fridays the fir- you know, for the first 20, 20, 21 of the first 26 episodes. We were on Fridays and we were in the 100th place. And then the only thing that was keeping him from canceling us was the reviews were pretty good. So, you know, le- it was less, mu- less Moonves at the time. So he kind of hung on to us. And then he gave us a five-week trial at the end of year one. He put us on after Cosby. Um, and Cosby was, you know, their, their hit. Mm-hmm. And he said that, you know, we knew that that was our trial, that if we didn't deliver then, we were gone. And we actually went up a tick from Cosby, and what? then we stayed on. Whoa! Yeah, we stayed on wow. <laughs> was Cosby at some point? Did I read this right? That at a given point he would get fifty million people watching his sitcom. Maybe that first one. Yeah, the first, the first Cosby, one. Yeah, this was the second. This was the second one. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't know. I don't know about fifty. That's a, that seems like a lot, but you know. <laughs> I got canceled at twenty five million with the one of the boys with Mickey Rooney. <laughs> Going back to that one more time, Mickey they go, Rooney. "We're stuck at twenty five million. We're out of here." Really? Yeah. That was, now, was now if a, you get now if you get one a million, you're a hit, yeah, right? Uh, if your parents yeah. watch, just shoot me. Probably get a season seven hundred million. Bigger than the Super Bowl yeah. every week. Yeah. Half the- <laughs> no, when so- you look back, the ratings, even on Rules of Engagement. Oh, a few people remember. Thank you. Um, that uh, we got the same thing every, you know, it's just typical. The ratings at that point made us get on the borderline of canceled. Today would be huge, but it goes down when then people go, I got picked up. We got a 0.09. I'm like, that's great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't even yeah, know what the ratings even- are. 0.09 doesn't sound like a lot of something yeah i don't either i used to watch every <laughs> point every anything point <laughs> anything out of a hundred out of one out of what i don't know i would look them up every week man and i would check the numbers every week oh too. yeah and uh now i yeah who knows i can't tell what's good and what's not good did you now. call that hotline and it would give you the ratings yeah yeah, yeah. i would call something i remember i would call something yeah. it would make your day or it would crush you it'd be like oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And, and we got for our finale the equation was this. We got, uh, if you took Seinfeld's finale and subtracted Friends' finale, <laughs> that was the numbers for our finale. Yeah. <laughs> like, it, literally, exactly perfect. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> I but don't it was think, good. It I think was it was good. Big. But it Seinfeld was... got like 75. Friends got like uh, close to 50 or whatever. We got close to 30, you know? Yeah. Huge. Damn. Huge. That's numbers. just gigantic. That's bigger than the Oscars. I saw a sketch. I saw a sketch you did, Ray, about a sports center. I mean, we don't have to get in all the sketches, but uh, there was one when you were with, with was Tim, Tim Meadows. Meadows. Yeah, yeah, yeah that was the. I mean, that's the one. That's the one. Is that the one, really? Because I, you know, when you look them up, they're on YouTube and you jump around. But that one. Well, I, that's the one that has a little bit, the barest uh, nugget of a of a little bit of a cult following because of. Uh, the sweet sassy molasses. Yeah, was this, was I wonder this if thing. they say it on TV and Sports Center now because it's so fucking funny. That was um, very inspired. Uh, you know that the new the sports guys that they're at the desk and I'm starting to watch it, and then uh, I see the turn and I go, "Oh damn, that's yeah!" Really I didn't funny. see it coming. Yeah, and then you landed it so beautifully, Ray. <laughs> Just like yeah. Well, we I have to thank uh, 
Mike Royce was one of the writers on on Raymond, and and they all flew him, Phil, and one other writer, Tom, flew with me, and Mike kind of threw that together like a couple nights before, and we 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 all then worked on it, but he came up with that, and he came up with the sweet sassy molassy, you know, <laughs> and um, and it worked, and you know, the guy, it's it was a. Tim Meadows was playing Stuart Scott. I don't know if you're real guy. Yeah. 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 Well, unfortunately, so, yeah. Booyah. And sadly, you know, he passed away, but he, he had cancer. And, and, but I saw him probably a year before he passed away. The first time I ever saw him. And I didn't know whether he was going to be into yeah. it or not, <laughs> but he was all, he couldn't have been more flattered by it. He was, he was really cool about it. Yeah. Um, but that's the, yeah, like every now and then I'll be at a golf chat tournament and someone from the side will yell out sweet sassy molasses. (laughs) So just just for people who may want to look it up, it's sort of two news. They start sportscasters. They start to use all these colorful phrases to report the games and Ray's character takes it in this. Yeah, but he, but he's known for the character that Tim Meadows is playing is the real guy who, for that. Yeah. Who was known for having that catchphrase "booyah"? Yeah, you know, whenever he would uh, na- narrate a, a clip or something. Yeah, you know? and yeah. he has cold side of the pillow stuff like that, right? Yeah, yeah. They the real guy's stuff. booyah, and then your guy is sassy molasses. Or whatever. I was, I was bringing him. I was sassy a new. Molasses. I was a new guy, and I tried <laughs> to match him with sweet sassy molasses. Sweet sassy molasses. Yeah. Yours had some <laughs> racial stuff in it that he wasn't yeah, happy yeah, with. Yeah, it's and, funny yeah. when I look back at it, I'm like. There's uh, no chance. I don't yeah. know if we would have wrote that now, you know? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then, and then the second, the funny, that was the, what happened was the night before we flew in for SNL uh, was the go. I think it was the golden globe awards. Uh, uh, it was one of those awards and Roberto Benini won. And oh, he, yeah. he, he jumped up on the chair, you know, and he, and he yeah. went crazy. And, and I was looking at him and I was thinking, I they I could look like him. They they could make me look like Benini. And on the plane there, we 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 threw together the sketch that was the second one up that night. Was the Roberto Roberto Benini comes into the restaurant and, and goes nuts? You know. Yeah. <laughs> was was there any? <laughs> that was in the same show. Same show. It was. It That's was good. Out of the gate, Fort, boom boom. Ford Center first, and then Benini was next. Yeah. That is the thing about SNL uh, dime store observation is that stuff is thought of and then it's fully mounted 24 hours later and on live TV. There's some, the immediacy of it is there's nothing very good at it. Yeah. 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 It it was awesome. I mean, it's a challenge. You tell them I need to be Roberto Benigni. They're like, yep. And then got it. You walk in the next day and they got you all dialed in. You're like, where'd you find this outfit? Well, we matched it with, he wore it at the Oscars. We matched it with this. We, got the wig from here and you're like shit man these guys know what yeah, they're doing so you're they're jumping good. around like that I mean, did you get hurt at all your two time your hosting times on sketches did you get hurt doing that no. i mean anytime you're doing hurt. physical and it's live and your brain is thinking of so many things it could fall down and stuff no i, I didn't get physically i'm hurt. happy uh, to hear that yeah <laughs> mentally mentally you look hurt. so beat up that was the question was i want that's my number one question for today did you get hurt? did you guys did you guys take any any blows in the whole time well, i don't know if you can see it i got a bump here i had a grade three shoulder separation doing a pre-tape pratfall 
as Dan Quayle, the vice president, going over the Ottoman like the Dick Van Dyke show. Yeah. And I just crushed it. And then I oh. was I went two more times not knowing. And then I'm walking around like a, a pirate with my shoulder way up. And Mary Tyler Moore's husband was an MD and he goes, Hey, what's what's wrong? He felt it and said, I think you got a shoulder separation. So I went, they checked it out, but it was just barely on the edge of a surgery. But I did a show the next night and it was very painful. Switching you, clothes really fast with a separated. Did you do that tape. bit? Did you do the bit? Well, that was a pre-tape, so it showed in the pre-tape. Oh, oh, yeah, pre-tape. Yeah. Right. Did you get hurt, David? I got hurt twice. One was uh, Schiller Vision. If you weren't in the sketches, he could pluck you for a day shoot. Films. Yeah. And I was me and Victoria Jackson. We were older people, and he drop and bad luck. They drop an atomic bomb lands on my head, but they did it from a ladder, and I have a bad neck. And it's a jammed neck. And so him dropping this thing, no matter how heavy it is, it wasn't that heavy, but it yeah. keeps racking me. And they keep doing take after take. And I almost can't stand up anymore. I'm like, I feel like I have a concussion. I'm like, I, I can't do this anymore. But I can't say anything because I just want to be on the show. Yeah. And then Farley picked me up backwards. We fell through a table and motivational speaker. And then uh, I sort of got rocked <laughs> well, by yeah, that. But... Farley picked me up is a tough yeah. you know, hey, no, thing. And, <laughs> and by the way, it's not super thought out in quotes. So he's like, I'll pick you up and we'll kind of spin around and fall through a table. I'm like, sure. And whatever happened, you just cross your fingers. But uh, yeah, you weren't hurt during Ice Age, were you doing that voiceover? <laughs> yeah, I was. <laughs> you, were the, you were the mammoth. That was yeah. a big one. Are they still doing them or is it over? No, don't enough. you want more? Five. We, did, we did five of them. Five? Are, five. Yeah, five. Nobody gets five. Never, never, well, you've done, I mean, you guys have both done animation, right? I Transylvania mean, did four and I'm like, do one more, motherfucker. Secret uh, Life you of do Pets. It, when you did it, did either of you have other actors in the room with you? Because I never did for five no. movies. No, nobody. David? You didn't have, what's crack a lacking? You didn't have Chris Rock in there? No. <laughs> no, I never did. I We talked to Andy Samberg, who's in Hotel Transylvania. And I said, I told him I thought Miley Cyrus was first going to be Selena or your Selena's part, which we didn't even agree on that. So who knows if it's a lie. And then he said, I never actually got to do it with Selena. And they play boyfriend and girlfriend, husband and wife. Right. And, he, and I'm like, all four never? He's like, no. Yeah. We don't even do read-throughs anymore. You know, we used to do one read-through at the beginning and then... I did. You, no. I just get pieces, right? I didn't didn't yeah, really know yeah, what yeah, I was I, doing I or go, what the movie yeah. was. I didn't even Same. know the plot. Just start yelling. <laughs> <laughs> People would be saddened to find that out. They're I'm like, just a mad dog. I don't know, and, and that was it. <laughs> and I see it. I see it at the premiere. I go, what? <laughs> I know. I mean, listen. It's it's great to do it. You know, especially you got kids and all. It's fun, but it's it's really creatively not that much fun to to do them. You know, you and you can't even. You can't move away from the microphone too much. You know, you're trying to animate. Yeah, you're trying I, to I, act. I'm trying to be a mammoth sliding down a ice glacier, you know, mm -hmm. boom, and they go, Ray, you got to keep your head still. You know, you can't move. Uh, uh, um. Well, there's about five people <laughs> behind a wall of glass. You're in a booth by yourself or a little studio. Right. And you just look up to, if you can see them kind of laughing, you can't hear them if they don't press a button. And you're kind of just in a vacuum thinking, but is also, this funny? I would assume you could Im you could improvise a little, right? Because yeah. I couldn't. Yeah. They, they really didn't. 
Oh, really? They didn't really encourage improvising. Not too much. They'd let you yeah. do it, but you knew later on they had a, you know, they knew what the story was. You right, go, right. Oh, now I'm going to do three minutes. It. I kept trying to sneak in George Bush Sr. Not going to do it. And they go, that's not even the show. But I go, but it's funny. But anyway, that's a whole other story. <laughs> yeah, they go, Ray, you're sounding like uh, more of a coyote than a mammoth. And you're like, no, no, that was my fault. I went into something else. And the, when I did Emperor's New Groove, we did a year and a half stop, redid the script. When I was going in, like Dana said, I was just getting pages. It turned into just you walk in and they're like, this is a scene. We're on a log and they give you as much as you can. You go, okay. And you do it. And the magic of how good they are. I have to say Hotel Transylvania, I would laugh. They were so cute and funny. And what they do with the animation and Emperor's New Group, they just, they make it so much better than it even seems when you're doing it. Yeah. You go this. I don't really get what's going on. It's a little jumbled in my head of like, where were we and what are we? And then you see it and you go, oh, they know exactly what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, that would be it every time they'd say, okay, Ray, you're running away from this guy. And he's, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and I go, okay, all right. I go, well, Ray, you're, you're farther away than that. So, you know, we need, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you're like, am I scared or am I happy? They're like, yeah. it doesn't matter. Just but run. isn't it great when your animated character gets an incredible laugh, like a, a lands a perfect pratfall and you're like, yeah, thanks. You're taking high fives in the theater. <laughs> yeah. well, well, that's what happened was like, I would get credit for an emotional part. There was an emotion, especially in ice age one. I think there was a part where it was a little bit of a tearjerker. And it was the music and the way they animated my face. I wasn't even saying anything. And I would get credit as an actor for <laughs> for getting this emotion from these people. I'm like, all right, you know, yeah. I'll um, take it. <laughs> I remember when it when it played in um, another country, like the first <laughs> time it played in Mexico. So they use a different actor. A different actor does, oh, right. does the Spanish version. Mm -hmm. So it's not my me. It's not my face. It's animation. It's not my voice. And I remember my agent <laughs> congratulating me on how well it's doing in Mexico. I'm like, all right. I, I don't know if I get that, but okay. You know, I have nothing to do with it. <clears throat> but they're like copying you. There's a German David Spade that does my stuff. Oh, really? So, Schwarzweiden, hey, buddies. I'm sorry. Hey, buddy. In yeah. German, Schwarzweiden. Yeah. Gets all my nuances. <laughs> That's he goes, fake There's German. No nuance Don't be offended. In his performance. <laughs> all same performance. Und Schwarzweiden. Und Schwarzweiden. Sorry, fake German. Are we going to get letters? No. I don't know. I, know, I, know. I took yeah. German in college because my really? girlfriend. Yeah, because the girl. The girl I was dating at the time spoke German. I thought, oh, she'll help me. And then we broke up and I was stuck in a German class. Yeah. How do you say, uh, yes, I, yes, I have perfection. Uh, yes, I have protection no, I in German. No, 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 no. no. Falls no baby on Zunz. That's not how it works. <laughs> I remember. Eins, zwei, drei, vier, fünf, sechs, sieben, och, neun, zehn. Wait, yep. yeah. and what does that mean? That's one Ein, to six, ten. Eins, six, yeah, what? sieb, six. That's counting one to ten in German. Oh, yeah, oh that's Dana. it? Oh, I thought it was some sort of pickup line. No, and then ich liebe dich is I love you. Oh, and, um, I love dick. <laughs> yeah. Jesus, that's a little on the <laughs> edge. Ich guten, Tag, guten Tag is a good day. What, are you, um, what about uh -huh. Hausaufgaben is homework? Hast du Bruder? Have you brothers? Nein, but <laughs> ab, aber ich habe es weiß Wester. 
Abracadabra. Hitler used yeah. to be a magician in the 1920s. He was a painter. Abracadabra. Well. Abracadabra. You don't know when the rabbit comes. Sorry. Sorry, Ray. Buying someone jewelry is usually a great experience all around. To get a beautiful gift, mm-hmm. you get the unforgettable moment of seeing the look on their face when they open it. The tricky part, Dana, as you know. Yeah, figuring figuring out how to get the perfect piece at the best price. I hate to say it, price yep. matters. I mean, yeah, yep. that's why I recommend for any jewelry purchase, you source it from BlueNile.com. They've been with us for a while. Yeah, Blue Nile offers thousands of independently graded diamonds, David, and find jewelry at prices significantly below traditional retail. They also offer peace of mind with every purchase. Some of their highest quality stand. They have some of the highest quality standards in the industry, right? And David, whether you want to make a classic statement by gifting a white gold tennis bracelet mm-hmm. <laughs> to Sarah Sherman, or <laughs> or, or bring out, or bring out her eyes with sapphire and diamond hoop earrings, Blue Nile's jewelry experts can help you find the perfect gift. David, they're available twenty four seven by phone or chat to answer technical questions. Like, should I make it a diamond cut or a circle? <laughs> Those are the technical questions. <laughs> I know. Uh, oval. They fit your budget. They'll make sure what you want, they can fit in your budget. Yes. It's very difficult to buy jewelry for someone because, um, you know, it's it's a subjective thing. And the, you'll be guided with the, this company's going to help you make the right choice. You give right. them a little information and they'll go. Sapphire. It's hard to roll down to your local strip mall and go, yeah, we're a jewelry store and we sell trucker hats. It's like, that's yeah. not what you want. Yeah, or sometimes they have a small jewelry kiosk inside a Denny's restaurant, and it's like <laughs> they're flipping hot cakes, and I'm trying to find my loved ones. Yeah. So, yeah, no thank you. You can feel great about your purchase because Blue Nile also offers a diamond price match guarantee. Oh, that's nice. So you can't lose. No, mm-hmm. just in case you got 30-day returns mm-hmm. shop blue now today and experience the ease and convenience of the original online jeweler go to blue today that's blue looking to save on delivery dash bash from doordash is your door to zero dollar delivery fees and savings you can't get anywhere else dash pass is an exclusive membership with doordash that gets you unlimited zero dollar delivery fees on eligible orders and members only deals and discounts whether it's food from your favorite restaurants, grocery from across town, or anything in between, Dash Pass is the most affordable way to get everything you need delivered right to your door. With $0 delivery fees and lower service fees on eligible orders, Dash Pass makes it easy to save at restaurants, grocery stores, and all your local favorites on DoorDash. Dash Pass pays for itself in two orders on average. Plus, DashPass gives you special access to exclusive promotions and menu items, all for $9.99 a month. Get more from delivery for less with DashPass. $0 delivery fees and reduced service fees on eligible DoorDash orders. Sign up for DashPass today and get your first 30 days free if you're a new member. Subject to change. Terms apply. Could we just for a second, just because you may have some impressions we uh, of Lorne Michaels... <laughs> 
Just going to, well, then we're going to move on to, because I think a big part of your legacy is this gigantic career you've had after uh, your half hour sitcom. But uh, yeah. do you have any, like, were you just intimidated or how, how did you just process being in the 17th floor, all the writers, you go into Lauren's office and he's talking yeah. to you. People have talked to that moment. I don't know if you have any thing. Well, or, I didn't, I didn't know how it worked. You know, I'm. They I, point I, you I, where I was, to go. I was you know, very, of course, nervous, you know. Um, and we, yeah, the first day you go in the office, right? And, and, and again, this is 20, you know, I haven't been on in 23 years, but um, all the writers come in and sit all over the office, all over the floor, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, it's just packed and, with people. And they all pitch what they're thinking of. You sit in the only good chair. Mm -hmm. Right. Next to Lauren. And I didn't know mm -hmm. till. A couple of guys told me later, like, sometimes they don't have anything, so they just <laughs> make up a pitch, right? Fake, <laughs> so fake pitches. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Got you're a caveman afraid of caves. But you hear everything. You hear all these, I don't know, 30, 40 pitches of different things. And it's intimidating because you're like, you know, one of them is, uh, you're a Southern farmer and you da, 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 da. And I'm like, I can't do a Southern farmer. I don't know. You, know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> you play a carrot we, stick. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I, just, I, I, I throw a, I throw a bluff in Ray. I always go, uh, Oh, Michael Keaton, can you do Russian accent? Yeah. And he yeah. goes, yeah. And I go, okay. For no reason. Well, well, one of the right, one of the pitches was, um, you're my grandfather and you're this. And my, knee-jerk reaction was uh, this is how stupid i was i was like wow I, he thinks i look old enough to be his grandfather you know i'm not really this is freaking <laughs> sketch comedy they're gonna make you yeah. look like however everybody plays everybody that's know? funny <laughs> yeah um but lauren uh afterwards we discussed some of the stuff we heard i guess mm. he was mm. i mean he was uh you know they they treat the host really well, right? Cause, yes, yes. Because they they he he defers to you. I mean that's that's what that's what it felt like. You know when we had when we whittled down some of the sketches, he was really deferring to what I thought would work, and then of course he mm -hmm. would put in his thing, you know, and mm -hmm. and and you you are part of the process there, you know. Mm -hmm. I guess as much as you want to be, right? Mm -hmm. yeah it's some because you take his advice because he knows the show but he also lets the host go if you're not comfortable or if you don't and like he would do it one. like this if everyone's talking 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 silence uh raymond <laughs> it's just that yeah. yeah what do you are you sort of circling the wagons on what you might want to do like he'd go uh raise my grandpa what did you think of that one <laughs> and you're like, I don't know. And he goes, is it because you have to wear gray hair in it? Yeah. No, yeah. I just didn't like the whole feel. <laughs> no, uh, do you want to do Mr. Short Shorts? Uh, you don't have to do Mr. Short Mr. Shorts. Mr. Short Shorts. Uh, I think it's a good visual piece. Uh, it doesn't matter. But if you don't want to do Mr. Short Shorts, you don't have to. And there's a song as well. And you'll dance around and do Short Shorts. Yeah, yeah. Well, don't forget, we brought in, we brought in, we brought we brought in like three sketches and I, and two of them got on, you know. That's a miracle because oh, they don't man. like when you bring your goomba writers in there. They go, oh, here we go. That's uh, that's smart. Yeah, that's yeah smart. they get mad. All the writers go, hey, guess what? Next week, Ray's bringing writers, and everyone goes, boo. 
But I but but they were all you know it was Higgins right it was Steve Higgins Steve Higgins yeah. producer great guy and, yeah and he was the I guess he was the head writer then and yeah I think so and mm-hmm. we you know we we got in there and we worked on these sketches that we brought and he 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 helped polish it up you know and um, yeah I mean I can imagine you know these guys yeah they're this is what they're living is to write sketches for us and I didn't even think of that and here we are coming in with. Yeah, you took food out of their mouth, yeah. took it off their plate. And then on the second time I did it, we came in again <laughs> and they didn't, they didn't uh, crush as much. Those sketches were, they came up a little short, the ones we brought in. <laughs> yeah. By the way, mm. Ray, I don't think I remember when hosts would bring writers, I think Jamie Foxx, maybe Martin Lawrence, when they would bring writers, yeah. it was very hard to make the transition because they weren't quite exactly right. You know, like the yeah. sketches were funny in a way, but you know how it is, Dana, like for what the stamp of everyone knows and read through sort of how everything works. Maybe there's too many sets in them. Mm-hmm. There's something weird about them. Oh, where yeah. The point is they don't always get all the way to the end, even though yeah. I was kidding. Everyone's well-meaning. If it's funny, it's funny. Put it on. But I think you getting two on is, you say two the That's first time? Good. That's a lot. Yeah, it was. And mm-hmm. it was the first one and the second one. It was. It was oh, they kill. Yeah. Ford That's- Center and Benini. We're back to back. Those but sound great. But yeah. listen, I wasn't trying to, we weren't trying to step on anybody's toes. I just, I oh, was no, just you're fine. insecure. Yeah. I was just saying, guys, come with me. We had, we had Phil Rosenthal and, and, and two guys, you know? Yeah. The mafia. So, you're the mob. <laughs> no, no, no. So, so Ray, because you're, you don't wear uh, <laughs> your stardom on your sleeve. Like I'm just interested yeah, in. Um, like if you go drop into a club, I, maybe you're not doing much right now, but when you're getting ready for your special and the MC's yeah. like, okay, fasten your comedy seat, but hey. I'll speak as the next gentleman, the other, you know, there he is. Ray, you know, and you're just, you got a little Ray piece Ray. of paper, you're trying out jokes. Do you, have you had that yeah. experience of the <laughs> expectation of well, Ray Romano? Yeah, I, 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 first, whenever I'm in the city, I, I, I go on, I go to the cellar whenever mm-hmm. I'm in New York. I go on. And, um, you know, I, I was just in Atlanta. I was working in Atlanta. So I, I, I dropped it on the punchline, the Atlanta punchline. Uh, uh. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if you guys did that. I, I did it like 30 years ago. I, I, when I was just doing the road, I did a spot at the a week at the punchline. Um, we have a but, special guest. Well, yeah, they, they, they pile it on. I, I, I've been, I've been, uh, pile it not a fan of that since, forever you know even before i mm-hmm. was the guy they were saying you mm-hmm. know you yeah know, mm-hmm. before they would they would goose it up like crazy you know um yeah and i'm like yeah just lower you know let's come in with lower expectations and, <laughs> and yeah um, i've done stand-up with ray he always crushes it's it's not even a joke he always it always works i you know obviously wow. angered by it but does a great job. Yeah, he does a great job. I did five years in Vegas with him off and on. But Dana and, filled uh, in for you one week. <clears throat> That's right, Dana. David, yeah. I opened for, for Ray. In, no, no. We, we co-headlined. We co-headlined, <laughs> but uh, it, the show starts at 10. And yeah. so, and then you do your set and then uh, whoever goes You go up, on around 10, 20. And then you wait yeah. and then you do a little shtick afterwards. You know, I usually get up at six, you know, so- it was a long day, but well, great, for great David. David, David wasn't a fan of that either. Right? Yeah, <laughs> I stuck it out, and then at the because uh, we were like, I think for a while, 
the trick in Vegas is they have a boys to men or someone does a full show before us. You want to take that? No, they do a full is. show. It's Lauren Michaels. And, he has a live. And then it's, yeah. they let the audience out. Then it's cheaper just to go, we have the room. People are in Vegas. It's 10 o'clock. Ray and Spade, they're just a stand-up. Just have a stool and a glass of water. Yeah. So they just said, let's see who can come in. So we do a big show. It was really fun. But I always thought, can they flip-flop us? I think the shows before us, so I think yeah. it was Shimlim <laughs> after us. They're just very family oriented and uh, ours are usually a more adult. Well, you know, so. what's funny is the room, the room we play, the Mirage is, is, was, is really a great room. Great. Room. And we've yeah. been, we've yeah. been doing those shows at 10 o'clock for whatever, like you said, five years. I've been doing it longer than that. I was with yeah. uh, Kevin James before. Yeah. You came. yeah. And, and those shows are just killer shows. And then there was one, wasn't there one weekend where mm-hmm. we had an eight o'clock show? Eight and or it nine, was yeah. even better. It was even yeah, better. Yeah, you it's such a great fresh yeah. crowd. Because by the time we get off, it's almost midnight, and they're like, what the fuck? Yeah. And in Vegas, you know, they've been they've been going hard in Vegas. So it gets they get tired, you know. But 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 listen, there was no complaint. But what we would do at the end was we would come out and do a QA. Mm-hmm. I know I'm uh, it was fun. I like that. I always like that stuff. Right. Yeah. And then I, we needed to close the show. So we would close with a, just a joke joke, right? Well, that's right. right. That's right. So I remember when David started working there, I had to think we, get, we came up with a joke for you to, to say. Yes. Right? Right. Of course. Yes. I didn't have one. I go, oh, yeah. we do a joke. And you go, well, just, well, here's one. You gave me a good joke yeah, to we just say, good, you do uh, one, then I'll do one. Yeah. And you did it. And they're kind of dirty, dirty jokes, but you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I remember they, and every time, you know, we do it, we do the gig every, what, three or four months or whatever, yeah. two months. And you'd come back and you'd kind of half forget the joke, but the <laughs> joke was bomb proof. Bulletproof for yeah. okay, sure. So one of you has to say it because uh, if I was listening to this podcast, I want to go, well, what was the oh, joke? Well, it's ahead, a little David, R-rated. I remember. Because every time okay. I get it wrong and I would look at Ray baffled because the most joke. infuriating thing was he goes, all right, let's just end with a joke. You got one? I go, yeah, I heard one from my roulette dealer. And I would say one, and then he would say one. Okay. And his, luckily, was so good because it. He, give me, he gives me one that works every time, and then I would just look at him, and he'd stare at me and go, you motherfucker, because I'm killer. just mangling it. And no matter how you tell it, <laughs> it would get a laugh, and I couldn't believe it because I'd be a little buzzed, and I'd go, blah, blah. And, and I could see while I'm finding it while I tell it. Well, what I go, is it? It's this. <clears throat> okay. Go it's this oh, couple. It's, it's not that good. We've overhyped it. It's not that good. Yeah. It's, 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 by the way, it's five sentences. It's, it's past a, midnight on the strip in Vegas. Here comes yeah. David with his joke. Oh, yeah, with Ray. Me. I got one. All right. Here uh, he is. Okay. It's, it's a couple's. Uh, see, what's good it, is now you, you can't remember it now, which is exactly how you would do it then. Exactly. Yeah. That's it. Perfect go, re- 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 reenactment uh, okay. of you on stage. Go! And then I would back out. Yeah. Yeah. I, I back out. Okay. Go, three, no, two, one. The, what's your joke? It's a couple, but they are 90 years old. So it's their 60th anniversary. I'm just making up numbers. 60th anniversary, birthday. And so the guy. As a present, the woman says, I'm going to go wait in bed. I'm going to go uh, get my present ready in the bathroom and I'll be right out. So he lays in bed. She goes in there and strips totally naked except for a cape. <laughs> Look at Ray's scared. He's already grinding his teeth going, okay. you're already a little off. The crowd is so restless. Then, Land it. Yeah. I come. She comes out. Uh, Steps, leans at the foot of the bed and says, super pussy. 
And he goes, I'll take the soup. <laughs> he got he got through it, Ray. <laughs> What's that? By the way, first that was of all, haunting. Ray goes, you, you always run over super pussy, which is supposed to be a yes. laugh. I, but I rush to get to, I'll take the soup. And that works enough. Yes. He, but there's he says, two there. He says super pussy and that gets a laugh, but he doesn't, he never waits for the laugh. He steps <laughs> on the laugh and goes, I'll take the soup. And, <laughs> and it kills anyway. Yeah. So the proper way, because Ray, yes. you're, it would be super pussy and get all that laugh and then, and then hit it. Get the, the double guy laugh. Says, and the guy says, I'll take the soup. Yeah, yeah you <laughs> almost like wait and wait and then you go, I'll take the soup. Okay, because like there's going to be people listening who are going to tell this joke at a cocktail party tomorrow Yeah, he's night. thinking it over and then he finally goes, nah, I'll take the soup. Uh, and then Ray tells a great one, but I won't give that away. But anyway, uh, let's talk about his movie that uh, I got. I, I want to observe one one thing and quickly get yeah. to his movie because that's something that he's going to love. That we're going to say to him in a minute. Um, I kind of feel like when I watch your stand up, I go honestly. I go, is this guy the best stand up in the world? I mean, some of your stuff on YouTube and stuff. I'm like, it seems like it's almost overshadowed by how much stuff you've done in acting. But anyway. Go see oh, Ray as a stand-up. I, I sincerely wanted to say that. But something Appreciate happened very it. strange last night. Here's a double whammy. So we get the screener of Somewhere in Queens. Well, I oh, just got, got off the plane. We just came in. David and I just came in from D.C. We're really wiped out. So I start watching it. I'm cooking dinner. And I'm like, oh, no. getting into it, getting into it. Then I bring the laptop upstairs because I'm so jet-legged. I go, I got to go yeah. to sleep. But I got so engaged with the movie and I've never had this experience this much. Like the movie is brilliant. I loved it. It oh, completely captivated me. And a, yeah. as a baby boomer parent, it spoke to so many themes because I don't want right. to give it away, but it it's just the vicarious living of a parent and what you'll do. And I knew dads in the stands yeah. who had a superstar son. And it was a, it was sort of a miracle. Yeah. But anyway, uh, honestly, it. with total sincerity, and David too had the same reaction. We got back from that Mark Twain thing for Sandler, and we were like, I even said to Dana in Washington, I go, isn't there something we're gonna watch from Ray? But I never got anything. And then we got home, and they go, oh yeah, yeah, guys, here's a movie. And we're like, oh shit. So <laughs> I watched on my laptop last night. First of all, I thought it might be a comedy. Did you write and direct it, or did you direct it? Or? I, I, wrote, I co-wrote it, and I directed it. Oh, it's so, and it's you're, so you're well, heartbreaking well done. in it and funny. It's heartbreaking. Uh, like, <laughs> yeah, when it's you're just... talking to that girl in the car, uh, first of all, the, the young, the son's girlfriend, she was yeah, great. She's she like a awesome. Jennifer Lawrence. She really jumped off. Uh, yeah. Everybody is lights great. Lights up. Everyone's well, I great. Can't, I, mean, I can't thank you guys enough for that. I... I uh, when when we're off the air, I'm going to ask you if you really mean it. <laughs> no, uh, we we have no, we Ray, have Ray. You know what we would say? We would say um, yeah, we didn't I get know, a chance to see it. Would be the punt. Oh, oh, oh I didn't get. Oh, the screener didn't play. You know, oh, or we great. might say it was it was it, it sure really held my uh, interest. It's just yeah. fun to be able to tell you. Maybe it's because we were jet lagged, but uh, well, I think well, it has yeah. so many themes in it, and your character is so heartbreaking. I just being a father myself. And yeah. just the length a parent will go to for the love yeah, of, a, well, of a kid. You know, it was it came. The story came uh, out of nuggets of my real experience with my kid and my family, and and my son was a a basketball player, and, uh, and he thought he was he's six foot five. My son, mm -hmm. so he was one of the star basketball players in high school, 
And I knew he wasn't going to play in college because he wasn't a guard. And at six foot five, you're a guard, you know. Um, mm. And so when it ended, I was really feeling sad that, A, I'm going to miss sharing this with my son. But if I'm being truthful, I like the I live vicariously through him. I was I mm. like the attention I was getting too. Which yeah. how, how pathetic! <laughs> how but if you think about how pathetic that is, I, I don't have enough. You know, I have uh, I'm I'm in movies, I'm on TV, and yeah. And I, and then, but that whole world is so different, and it's so interesting. And you're not right. an athlete. I mean, you, you might be athletic, but you're not to this level yeah. of these guys, which I wouldn't be. And you sort right. of admire people that can do stuff you can't do, and it's your own kid. Right. And so you take responsibility. You're you like, that's help. my guy out there. You can't yeah. help your ego. Human ego gets gets intertwined. And, and right. the, the other parents want that have have the bench sitter kid or the kid that barely yeah. plays. And they would sort of love to have that. And they're trying to get... It's right. a whole social dynamic with parenting. I mean, it's an amazing ego structure yeah. of look at my kid. I had one... in. Junior, it was a CYO basketball. So there's the kid who's like six foot two in eighth grade. So I'm sitting next to his dad. He's getting all the rebounds. And he goes, look at my kid get all those rebounds. I go, well, he is a lot taller than everyone else. He goes, that has nothing to do with it. He just he just wants to get the ball. Nothing yeah. to do with it. My son's fake. My son's 4'11". Yeah. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah, I know. So um, and and well, that that was the 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 germ of the idea for the story was was <laughs> when I felt that emptiness, I just thought I I at least have other areas where, uh, you know, uh, my life will be full. But what if yeah. it was this poor schlub guy who had mm -hmm. nothing else, had nothing else but this, you know? who felt invisible in his real life and, and his son brought this out. But it's a so, smart way to do it. No, the things that happen, I don't see coming. Uh, your wife in it did not know that who that was. Uh, it took me forever because yeah. she does such a disappearing act. Of oh, just Lori, Lori, being, Metcalf. Lori yeah. Metcalf is yeah. so, yeah. well, obviously she's incredible. You both were great yeah. together. Yeah. I, I don't want to give it away, but there's a, there is a scene me where that you captured the tension of someone being busted and the way that whole scene built and the way you landed it, you just felt viscerally, oh. you know, shame for the, for your character. So it's like not easy to do. It's not an oh, easy wow. thing to land in a movie. I'm glad you guys feel that way, man. That makes me feel good. I'm telling you, I was bawling out of the blue. This babe was crying. Wanting it to be like, because it's funny moments because you're a funny guy, but when you weave in, which is very tricky, a real situation where you're not trying to do like, I'm going to do a joke now. It's just the way people talk, you know? And then yeah. someone's being kind of funny just because that's the way you talk. When the girl comes over and someone goes, she's so nice. And she goes, I do not fucking like her. Oh, it yeah, just yeah, comes, yeah. you know, that, that those things come out of the blue. That might not be a great example, but you just do funny things. Well, you're talking about the Italian, my wife, who's, uh, what, what I wanted to do was take this story, which will be universal. I'm, I'm glad you identified. I believe with it, so. Relate to it. Yes. But, but put it in this specific universe, which I lived in. I, I, you know, I grew up Italian in Queens, but my wife, I married into that world that we see in the movie, mm. you know, the, the, the traditional people the right off the boat people, you know, everything with all, with all the, all the traditions and the parties and the, uh, you know, all the, the food and, and everything. Mm -hmm. And I said, let's just do this story and this, make it specific. But it's like, it's kind of like the formula that worked for everybody was Raymond. 
we made it specific, but it was identified when it comes to family, everybody kind of identifies with it, no matter where you're from. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't my, I'm not Italian. I'm not from Queens. I was just relating to different things, even heartbreaking stuff with relationships and dating. And there's a lot going on where you go, Oh God. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. And then they catch you off guard. again. And and just the one, the one character, which the casting of your son was, he was amazing too. And just had, well, you know, you know, I can't tell you how hard it was to find a kid who can, you know, he doesn't, the the kid's an introvert, you know, so he has Mm -hmm. to, he has to emote without saying a lot. And so he has to be a, a, a pretty good actor. And also a good basketball player. It was so hard to find a guy. Um, of course, he was shooting yeah. threes. And oh yeah, he's on. a good player. And, and and we we would get a list of guys. We would look at all of them, and we would narrow it down. And then we would say, put yourself on tape playing basketball for five minutes because they all said they could play. And within ten seconds, you could see this this guy. Never it's all edited basketball. together. <laughs> yeah. Um, but and, and this kid was driving Postmates when we gave him the role. He was. Just you know, he just had college videos that films that he did. He's a and he's a great kid too, you know. So I'm I'm, I'm happy for him. Yeah. You you t- yeah. you touched on so many uh, just experiential things that were just like like I knew I knew a guy. I don't want to give names away, but like his first love, he's 20, and he basically told me that he'd said to her, "All I'll love you no matter what, forever," or something to that effect. And then she was having sex with his best friend the next day or something. It was like, oh, he said, he, he, he yeah. said, I love you forever. Yeah. Too, too early. Too, too early. early. <laughs> and yeah. it's like, there's a lot of stuff in your movie yeah. that. But that she was like, oh, I'm stuff. covered. Even though I'm going to have sex with your friend, you're still loving me, right? That was the deal. Yeah. yeah. And he's yeah. like, well, I'll love you yeah. forever, no matter what, you know, yeah. on the second date or something. It's like, you know. Oh, believe me, I used to pour my heart out of these girls. Uh, uh, but I, I can see it, writing wise, because I've tried to write movies, the fact that you're wrapping up every story is very hard to do. I mean, everything sort of just yeah. falls into place mm-hmm. all the way to the very end. Yeah. Very yeah. End. And sometimes we thought we don't need to wrap up everything, you know, but, <laughs> you know no, but it's true. But, but, but they're all very nice. I liked them all. And I, I love, I love Sebastian oh, in the movie too. He's just a great, yeah. a great tough <laughs> brother. If you've ever been to the market for a new home, you know how home shopping can be, and that can be a lot. There's so much you don't know and so much you actually do need to know. What are the neighborhoods like? Good question. What are the schools like? Who is the agent who knows the listing or neighborhood best? And why can't all this information just be in one place? Maybe it is. Why can't it? Guess what? It is. Now it is on homes.com. They've got everything you need to know about the listing itself, but even better, hold on, they've got comprehensive neighborhood guides and detailed reports about local schools. And their agent directory helps you see the agent's current listing and sales history. Wow. That sounds good. Homes.com collaboration tools make it easier than ever to share all this information with your family. It's a whole cul-de-sac of home shopping information. All at your fingertips. Homes.com. We've done your homework. David, whether you have a few weeks old puppy or a senior who's seen multiple decades, any dog person like me knows the most valuable thing in the world is spending time with your pet. Yep. The farmer's dog makes it easy to keep them healthy, which can give you more quality years with your 
lovely dog. Yeah, well, I've heard Farmer's Dog makes and delivers fresh, healthy dog food. And, you know, that's what everyone's looking for. It's recommended by vets, nutritionally balanced. Uh, it's made from human-grade ingredients, safe, clean kitchens. All that stuff matters. Yeah. I mean, you love your dog. Why Why get the lousy food for your dog? Farmer's Dog is the best. Traditional dry and wet dog food options are extremely processed. Sometimes dogs- much lower quality. Yeah. <laughs> you, you put it in their bowl and they go, what is this kibble? And they knock it away. What is this canned goo? Oh, yeah. I've had our dog, yeah, look at the bowl yeah. and then kind of crank its neck up and look at me. And it was like, really? They go, really? Why don't you go first? You want a bite of this? Slop. <laughs> and it makes that sound. Here you go, dog. Mm-hmm. Like, so Farmer's Dog isn't just no. higher quality food. They also send the food pre-portioned specifically for your dog based on their unique nutritional needs. It makes it easy to help your dog reach and stay at their ideal weight, David. And which is one of the biggest indicators of a full, healthy life. A fresh diet has been found to have all sorts of benefits, David, from healthier coat mm-hmm. and skin better breath, you want to kiss your dog, and even easier digestion and smaller and better poops. Let's look at a clip. It doesn't matter if your dog's (laughs) young or old, it's always the right time to invest in their health for more happy years with your dog. Get 50% off your first box at farmersdog.com slash fly. Let the farmer's dog know we sent you. Use your code or click podcast after you sign up for your first box. Can I ask you a question? Uh, Just uh, just popped in my head. When did you know your wife was the one, so to speak? Was that a long courtship, or did you were thinking marriage pretty quickly? We we worked in a bank together, my I've wife heard and I. That. Yeah, and and I'm going to be honest. She was the third woman I asked out in the bank. The first, <laughs> the first, the first two security guards first. Wow. Yeah, the first. <laughs> The first two turned me down. The first two turned me down. And um, did she know? Uh, I think she knew, you know, yeah, that I was interested in this other girl first. Um, and then it was when I quit the bank uh, that we started dating, you know. But, but you know, I had nothing, man. I was living at home. She, I give her credit because uh, I wasn't a catch, really, you know. Um, I was driving my bike to work and all, and, um, she took a shot and now she's, um, <laughs> she's house shopping every three months. You know? <laughs> what is yeah. interesting, pre-money, pre-fame, yeah. living at yeah. home, working in a bank and like, yeah. So the, there's something, there's some nice yeah. stuff about that, you know? Um, it's a big yeah, but, uh, but, but, but it wasn't love at first sight, you know, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm not going to say that, but, but, <laughs> Hi, no, honey. but it was, like but it, was Dana. <laughs> it was like a lucky, it was just, it's kind of like getting fired from news radio, you know, it was, mm-hmm. it was, it, uh, works out. it worked out. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was, my life would uh, be very different if it didn't happen. You know? Yeah. I sort of like that little Jennifer Esposito, uh. She did. Nice yes, job I did a that. movie with her once, Master of Disguise. I thought she was also. Oh yeah, she was really good film. with that little bit she did. Yep, yeah. and she really. I didn't know where, what was going on with that, but I just like yeah the tough dad. Everyone, everyone knows a tough dad, and that's just the way they are. And and it, and you being a full grown adult with a tough dad is hard to sit there and eat it all the time. Yeah, did you have you guys directed anything ever? No, no, I haven't. Man, it scared the hell out of me. Oh. I can't tell you how frightening it was leading up to it. Uh, I wasn't going to, 
I wasn't going to direct it, but my agent told me, you know, it's too personal. Get in there and do it. And, and I was like, another I, 10 grand in it for you. <laughs> another union. It's another union. <laughs> yeah. you're, you're in another union all of a sudden. Um, Dental. But, uh, he, uh, he, you know, I, I, so that's he, your first age, directing job. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I hadn't uh. directed any Raymond's. I hadn't directed anything. Um, and you know, I've been in the edit room for the last 25 years. I've been, I've been uh, writing and kind of directing, you know, with Raymond, you're directing, even though you're not directing, you know? Yeah. Um, but, uh, I know nothing about the technical side of it. You know, I, I didn't know one lens from another. I knew what I wanted to see, what why what I wanted it to look like. So he just, you know, he just convinced me get a surround yourself with the 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 great cinematographer who can collaborate with you and and uh you know just pay attention to what you want on the screen and I I mean it was so nerve-wracking though before it started. Once it started it was all good, you know. But yeah. I do think the writer, and it's so personal, it's great that you were completely in charge. You would have been de facto in charge, even yeah, if you're not yeah. taking the credit. You no, would have to, I'm glad you know. he made me. I'm glad yeah. he made me do it, you know, because now having done it, I would do it again. If, if, if it's some, The weird thing is I got offers to direct now, and, and the movie hasn't even come out, and people heard I directed, so I got a couple little offers to direct these other things. And But if it, I had no desire if it wasn't something I wrote, you know. Or something you really uh, have yeah. your heart. Yeah, yeah. If, if something I was super passionate about, maybe. But but I think the next, I would do it again. If I write something again, I, I would try it again, you know? And you have to demand the DP from Corky Romano that you got. <laughs> <laughs> Give me the best of the best. It, it, is, is that true? Was he on no. Corky Romano? Oh. No, I just tried <laughs> to think That's of a, a funny movie. name. It was a Chris Catan comedy. Yeah. No, I know. Yeah, I yeah know but it's said. a funny word package. Cor <laughs> Corky funny. Romano. It's a great a great name <laughs> of I, a human being. Can I tell you, of my SNL experience, I loved every second of it, and Sports Center is the one that stands out. Right. But, but if I have to be honest and pick my favorite sketch, it was the one Chris Catan when he was the lounge. Uh, I, you guys may not have seen He was a singer? He was the lounge guy, yeah. Yeah. And he, and he brought up me. I was like a Shecky Green has-been comic. And, <laughs> and uh, it, I, it just had, it was so much fun. Yeah, that was my favorite sketch, I think, of the two times. I think Yeah, it was well, he does great on the show. It's great. That was fun. I mean, yeah. I like seeing you out there. And I, there's one called The Big Baby. Well, you know, I think people will look you up. That's fun when we have someone on the podcast, people go and look up sketches. Just look up Ray Romano. Oh, the yeah. Big yeah. Baby was Will Ferrell. Yeah. Was yeah. Will Ferrell, yeah. 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 Did you did you overlap with Catan, with Chris Catan? I did a little with Catan, one year yeah. with Ferrell yeah. and the cheerleaders and that. And then I was on my way out. But uh, I could tell, I was like, it's time to go. And there's good people here. Yeah. It's in good hands. How many years like did you speech. do? How many years you do? I did six. Dana did seven. 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 Yeah. And I've hosted three. David's hosted a couple times. Twice. Yeah. Each one's when, when different. Were, yeah. When was the last time you hosted, Dana? I think it was like 2011 or something. <laughs> yeah. I found it the last time just so... It's, it's really exhausting when you're a cast member and there's two sketches yeah. you can really focus. Uh, I too much of a control freak but there's also a whimsy to how the show unfolds you know unless you try to write it ahead of time which isn't you know yeah. i think i think for me it's like 
then I've been there doing guest spots. I'm on Fallon, and Lauren will just walk down on a Thursday. Uh, oh. you'll you'll do church chat uh, this week. Uh-huh. You know, oh, yeah, yeah. I got a yeah. flight out tomorrow. You'll be doing church chat. It's that thing of like Ted Cruz and all that. So I've gone yeah. back and done those uh, guest spots, which are really fun. And I love doing Wayne's World on the fortieth. Yeah, you know, I love playing that character yeah. at sixty. Did you go to the fortieth, Ray? No, I didn't. I went to the twenty fifth mm. with Peter Boyle. Tightlist. I remember with Peter Boyle. When's the next one, man? What What are they coming Three up? Three years on? will be the fiftieth. So, oh, um, do you yeah, want, want to go. two for? Yeah, do you give want me us two. To talk Ray, to plus, yeah. Ray, plus one. <laughs> uh, let's <Hey>. see. <laughs> go ahead, <laughs> Dana. Do your kids? Do stand up still? Are they still doing it? That now we have, we have a production company. We're making content. We just oh, we okay. finished a scripted. You know, stand up uh, has to. Be, well, it's just rough out there now. Uh, yeah, it was yeah. heartbreaking to see that you, it's either opening for me where the audience is so jacked up, or it's an open mic where because yeah. I suffered yeah. so much in bad open mics, and it wasn't my yeah. fault. You know, they're having dinner yeah. or yeah, hack course, life, yeah. you know, a bar. You know, yeah. but now doing content. Uh, is more specific, more connected, like we're going to do this more thing. Fun, it's not yeah. ethereal. You know, it, yeah. and basically stand-up in the end of the day is traveling. If it's really your yeah. job, it's about traveling. I, I didn't watch, you know, Jackie Gleason or Carol Burnett in, in the 60s and go, I go, I want to do that. But I didn't think that would mean uh, we're going to we're gonna push back from the gate in a few minutes. But right now we have some maintenance guys coming on board. You know, so the travel part of it is the part I don't like. Yeah, yeah. yeah my son fun. tried it. My one son, my one, one of my twin boys did a, a, a little road. He went to Albuquerque. He went to mm-hmm. Denver and did these one-nighters. He did like five of them. And that was his only taste of it. And... He got he gets a, he got depressed that you know they, they, he was at a bar where they weren't even facing him you know and yeah and and he was getting upset that he was what if I'm not funny I'm like you can't tell you're not if you're funny you're not yeah. from that you know it's by the way no. you got to do that that's the sad part about stand up in the beginning years you, you got to muscle through all that stuff yeah yeah and uh, I, I I went to a lot of open mics and most open micers. The audience, even if the audience is pretty good, the reason they're not doing well is because the audience doesn't get what they're talking about. Like the, they don't set it up properly. Like clarity yeah. without clarity, which you learn yeah. over time. Uh, yeah. But anyway, they they had nights where they would crush, you know. But it yeah. still has to be a, a a specific passion, and the stuff we're doing now, they're enjoying more. Oh, good. Yeah, that's good. Also, yeah. stand up sometimes leads to doing content. They're sort of just going, let's get to the part where we make stuff. It teaches yeah. you a lot. To trust, yeah. trust your blink, and that in the end of the day, the sensibility—if it's similar in a room—it's so much more pleasant. Like with at SNL, there was a very narrow sensibility, and so when something worked, everyone all knew it. Sitting around the writers' room, mm-hmm. oh, that'll mm-hmm. work, that'll kill. Right. But right, uh, you no. Know, anyway, it's uh, it's been a good yeah. life. <laughs> David, yeah. David has good a luck mansion. with the movie, Ray. Ah, uh, thank you, man. April twenty-one. April twenty-one. Somewhere uh, in Queens, and it's in theaters. Or in is April it, 21, it goes into theaters. Somewhere into in Queens. Th- I highly recommend it. I, uh, I, I really do. Sure. I think it touches a lot of stuff. It, it lands beautifully. Movies just don't work that much. I mean, The Big Sick was another one of those kind of indie films that was sort of, or small, yeah. that this is a, this is like, this this is in that league, if not better. Or what touched me more, because it was so specific to my yeah, uh, experience. Oh, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Great. And, uh, I'll see you. Yeah. Will I see you in Vegas, David? Where are you going? Are you, 
Where, I'll be over at the Venetian with Nikki Glazer, but I'll yell over because son of a uh, bitch. I know, but it's eight thirty. I'm playing the I'm headlining the Mirage. I guess you're out of town on uh, uh, Oh God, I hope it's right. Jul- oh, you're gonna do it on oh. July seventh or eighth or fourteenth or fifteenth. Yeah. Oh. In July. Oh, yeah. Well I'm there. You know who took your place, David, right? Mm-hmm. Is uh, no. Brian Regan. Oh great. Yeah, that Brian guy is a oh, monster. Good for him. Yeah, he's pretty good. Cool. I don't have time to be opening jars and stuff. I don't can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> I love that guy. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Walk yeah. him through the joke. Give him super, right. super pussy. Yeah, we uh, lo- we loved uh, it, Ray, and we hope to see you around campus and here, there, and everywhere. I appreciate man. it. Thanks. Yeah. Fix it. Fix it in post. Fix it. Fix it up. <laughs> it's right. It's going. It's baked. It's ready to go. <laughs> okay. Thanks, buddy. Take care. Thanks for being on. This has been a podcast presentation of Cadence 13. Please listen, then rate, review, and follow all episodes. Available now for free wherever you get your podcast. No joke, folks. Fly on the Wall has been a presentation of Cadence 13. Executive produced by Dana Carvey and David Spade, Chris Corcoran of Cadence 13, and Charlie Finan of Brillstein Entertainment. The show's lead producer is Greg Holtzman with production and engineering support from Serena Regan and Chris Basil of Cadence 13. 